On behalf of Leinberg Information Services, this is Bob Keebler, and today we're here to talk about tax reform. In December 2017, the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate sent to the President of the United States the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act for his signature. Some of the more critical changes that will need your immediate attention will be the reduction in the individual tax rate to 37%, along with the reduction in the corporate tax rate to 21%. The elimination of many itemized deductions, including the deduction for state and local taxes, with that deduction being limited to $10,000. From an estate and gift tax perspective, the estate gift and GST exemption will double on January 1, 2018 and will sunset on December 31, 2025. The step-up in basis at death has also been retained in this bill. From a business perspective, the corporate tax rate has been lowered to 21%, and the tax liability for certain flow-through businesses has also been reduced by virtue of a 20% deduction for those businesses that qualify. There'll be increased expensing of capital items through expanded bonus depreciation and an expanded 179 allowance. The business income deduction will also be limited with a 30% adjusted income rule. This is something CPA should immediately begin testing for to determine whether businesses need to deleverage or otherwise change their capital structure. Active business losses will also be limited under a new code section 461 of the code, which will prevent an individual who has a loss from a business he or she materially participates in using that loss to the extent it exceeds $500,000 to offset other income. The NOL deduction has been modified so that the NOL deduction is only an 80% carry forward. Like-kind exchanges have been limited to only real property under the bill. The new markets tax credit has been retained and an opportunity zone credit has been created. The historical tax credit may now be claimed over a five-year period of time. There are a number of modifications that were earlier discussed and not modified. Let's talk about those for a second. There will be no change to the exclusion on the gain on the sale of a prisoner residence, the elimination of the specific identification method in favor of the FIFO basis for accounting for marketable securities was not enacted, there is no change in the capital gains rate, the elimination of the step-up in basis was not changed, the five-year rule for IRAs and qualified plans was not changed, and Congress did not attempt to implement what's been called Rothification where deductions to pension plans would no longer be allowed and all those deductions would basically go into a Roth type plan. With regard to the estate tax, the exemption on January 1st will increase, it will double. And then on January 1st, 2026, that exemption will revert back with inflation adjustments to the exemption that's in place today. This will create an interesting opportunity because for the next eight years, you will have a chance to gift away an additional $5.6 million per client. Married couple would be able to gift away $11.2 million. What we will probably see is many dynasty trusts. For larger families with substantial wealth, they will do more IGIT sales. We will certainly want to continue to take advantage of the valuation adjustments that are allowed under the law. And most of the time, we're going to exempt those trusts from the generation skipping transfer tax. The goal of all this will be shift growth and value downstream. Some clients who might die in the meantime, during this eight-year period of time, 
may be wise to evaluate the efficacy of using four to eight year grants. And we'll also be designing many GST grandfather trusts. Do not lose track of portability during this interim because you may represent someone who dies thinking that their spouse has an $11 million exemption at his or her death only to see the exemption go back to $5 million in the future. One of the more popular things undoubtedly will be what we call slats, which is basically I would create a trust for my wife with remainder to our children and our grandchildren. So there's a lot that's going to happen. The other thing we have to pay very close attention to, for a certain group of clients, it may be better to die with the $5 million exemption in place during the next eight years and receive a step-up in basis rather than to gift today. And that all depends upon the basis of the property. So if you represent a 100-year-old gentleman who has stock that he bought in a community bank 75 years ago that has no basis in a $5 million value, and he says, I think I should give this away, you might say, maybe not. Maybe we're better to get that step-up in basis, which is worth well over a million dollars itself. And the algebra is how much will the growth be and what would be the estate tax on the growth? If we're worried about shifting the growth while retaining the possibility of a step-up in basis, we might do a two-year grant or a three-year grant. So there's a lot to think about. I think you're going to have an incredible opportunity in the estate planning world. Now, the other place that you're going to have an incredible opportunity is in the world of the new Section 199A deduction. This is a very big thing when we've been preparing for our speeches. And what Congress has done is certain businesses are going to receive a 20% deduction against qualified business income. So what that means is if I had a hardware store and I earned $100,000, I would only pay tax on $80,000. That's the essence of how that works. Now, when my income goes up above $315,000, then we introduce two new tests. Those new tests being a wage test and a capital test. So originally, the House bill valued capital and the Senate bill valued wages, and they actually put this together in a very positive way in the conference report to benefit both capital and wages. So there are a lot of good things that went on there. I think where you start, once you get past immediate issues that have to be addressed, is starting to look at which businesses should restructure to take advantage of the 20% small business deduction. Also, there will be clients that may be better to go back to C corporations to take advantage of the 21% rate. And there certainly will be startups that are better to start as C corporations so they can avail themselves of not only the 21% rate, but of Section 1202 to substantially reduce the tax when they sell. We've covered a lot of ground today. On behalf of Weinberg Information Services, this has been Bob Keebler on the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Thank you for joining us today.